Hi, everybody. Hey, Olivia. Liz, welcome to Women, Magic, and Power. Thanks for listening. So today we have Nicole Lando with us. And Nicole um, founded and now runs New Jersey's largest nature school. For those of you who don't know, a nature school is a place where most, if not all, of the education happens outside. In the woods. She will tell us about her experience within the educational system and how the power of connecting with friends helped her turn her visions for an alternative education system into reality. Enjoy! Thank you, Nicole, for joining us. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you. It's been so long. So um, just fair warning that um, we're going to talk a lot about Nicole's school that she runs. And both Olivia and, and my daughters went there. And Olivia's son is currently there. So yeah. mm-hmm. we have a lot mm-hmm. of experience with the Painted Oak Nature School. And it's a <laughs> fabulous thing. Um so we're going to dive in as we do. We're going to okay. start with you. Yeah. You know, up front and center. A little bit about your upbringing and where did you grow up? Yeah. Um, well, so I'm one of three children. I'm the oldest. I have a younger sister and then a younger, younger brother. And uh, I started my first four years of my life in Pennsylvania in Bucks County. Oh. And then we moved to Florida. Oh. Uh, where, where, where in Florida? Jacksonville. Okay. Where most of my childhood was, or at least that's kind of where my memories were. So we started in kind of this like neighborhood setting. Um, at, it was just me and my sister at that time. And we lived, so at the end of the street was this, I guess it was like... Um, you call it it definitely wasn't a swamp like an inlet mm, um okay and so we made friends with the kids that lived at that house and they had some trees that um went from their like little boardwalk area that went out over the water oh, so cool. we love to just you know try to balance and climb the trees <clears throat> and all these things and then lo and behold one day we tell my mom and she says you know there are water moccasins in the water <laughs> you may not do that anymore <laughs> Um, so then it became a lot of bike riding around the neighborhood. Mm. <laughs> and so we moved from that house then out to the co- real country, um, Middleburg, Florida. And What did um, your parents do that you were moving? So my mom was mom, homemaker, um, and my dad worked for um, a paper, paper chemical company. Okay. Um, so just you know, in his different movement through the company, then we'd get shifted places. Okay. Um, but my mom always loved the country. So as the story goes, we (laughs) moved from the suburban neighborhood to the sticks for her, although she would never admit that that was the reason. (laughs) Um, so it was a money pit kind of house needed lots and lots of work that they only found out after we moved in and started living there. Um, another little fun tidbit was, we always went to go look at this house, I guess, when the naval planes were not flying into the aircraft carrier. Oh, my goodness. So we were right in the flight zone of naval aircraft. Um, so, yeah, it was just a constant 
you know, drone of airplanes overhead. Good thing um, you were in the country. Exactly. <laughs> the yes. super quiet jets. So Yes, right. <laughs> um, we had a gravel road behind our house where, you know, there Love were all those. kinds of pickup trucks with the gun racks running mm-hmm. through the back. Um, and But every day my mom just said, you know, the two of you, get out, go, go play. You know, if the sun's out, you're out. Um, but this is with, like, venomous snakes, you know, in the backyard, <laughs> mm-hmm. gun toters driving yes. down the, you know, back mm-hmm. 40. Um, Gators. Yes. Uh, well, not so much there. We didn't okay. have, we didn't have any water nearby okay. that house. But, um, but yeah, so my sister, Natalie and I just made our own fun. We, you know, would just kind of run across the yards, like acres away. Mom I can had no idea where she mm-hmm. was, yeah. where we were. Um, we actually left her a note one day. Uh, we were angry at her for something. I don't know. It seemed like we were, you know, felt like we were always being yelled at. So we left a note and we said, we're running away. Don't come looking for us. <laughs> we packed granola bars, the whole thing. We were ready to go. Went off to one of our favorite haunts, you know, to go play. We stayed there all day until we couldn't stand it anymore. Went home. We're like, why didn't you come looking for us? She said, I knew you'd be back when you needed something to eat. so you know i think and then so from that house then we moved when i was 12 back to bucks county where the headquarters were for my dad's um, business but you had a lot of formative time down there in the sticks of florida absolutely absolutely a lot of just playing in the dirt you know sand mounds that we'd used for sledding um we had like trampoline and a zip line so we were just always outside doing something getting into you know, some kind of trouble. Um, so yeah, I think that that is probably what formed a lot of what Painted Oak has come to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when did you up. decide to be a teacher? Cause that's where it started, right? Like before the school. Yeah. So, um, I went to college, um, and thought that I wanted to go into marine biology mm. coming out of high school. So I took all the, you know, AP chem and AP bio and AP physics, all the, all the things. Um, and then got to college and did not do well in bio 101 mm-hmm. and did not do well in <laughs> chemistry 101 and said, well, maybe this is the universe telling me something. So I took a class in um, sociology, loved it. Loved it. I think it was the only B I got my freshman year. So I was like, that that's my major. <laughs> that's it. Um, so th- that, that tells yeah. you something about how the system works, no? Because that happened to me in Argentina. Like I went into graphic design. All of the drawing part was terrible. Mm-hmm. And then all of the numbers part was great. And I was like, well, I guess I should be doing marketing. <laughs> Not the drawing part. Yeah. Um, and you would think that they would give you a heads up when you're finishing high school to be like, okay, how about we figure out how you're doing on all your studies and not send you off to figure it out a year later. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So then thought, and, and then in my senior year, I think I took of college, took a marketing and advertising class. Mm -hmm. Absolutely loved it. Okay. We're going to do this. So got a, um, I guess it was marketing job right out of college uh, working for Arizona Beverages. So, yeah. Oh, Arizona Iced Tea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very 90s. <laughs> so, right. So, you know, here's this, like, young 20-something working with, you know, all these guys who, like, are out, 
you know, schlepping product and, you know, the guys in the warehouse and this and that. And I'm packing out the Wawa coolers and, you know, but I'm not opening enough accounts. And they're saying, you know, you're just thinking too much about this. You just (laughs) need to push the product. And I'm thinking, but I have a degree. So thanks for the experience. But, you know, I I need to do something else. Mm -hmm. So then I was thinking back to um, when I worked in an after school job in college and I loved that. So then I got a job um, as a lead toddler teacher at Rosemont College um, Child Care Center. And I only got the lead. I mean, I had no teaching experience at all. I had a degree and that was all you needed. But you just jumped right in jumped as right in. the toddler lead teacher. Right. Yes. So I had <laughs> deep breaths from our part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I had no idea. Sure. No idea. Sure. I mean, they were cute, right? Yeah. yeah you know, working yeah. with two and three year olds. Sure. Yeah. This will be, you know, a piece of cake. So I had an assistant teacher, Miss Nancy. I will always remember her. She was a mom of like three or four kids, had worked there forever, but because she didn't have a college degree, she, she couldn't be the assistant. lead teacher. Mm. Right. So I leaned on her quite a lot. And, you know, we... Um, had a great connection, and so it was fun. But the kids were a little crazy, <laughs> um, but fun. But, you know, I definitely learned a lot of what not to do Sure, <laughs> through that job. You live and you learn. Um, exactly. <laughs> but then went to grad school to become a teacher. So that's kind of how it, how it came about, that, you know, through a couple of, like, organic experiences decided I really liked it. And it was ironic because I never liked babysitting. I was, you know, always the kid that they'd want to play board games and then outcomes, you know, whatever. And, and we'd start playing, I'd read the rules and we'd start playing and they were always cheating. (laughs) That's not how you play. (laughs) So no, I was not about just letting them win. So I did not like babysitting, you know. Mm. So, yeah, my parents were kind of surprised, you know, when I became <laughs> a teacher. Are you sure? Yeah, right. Yes, yeah, so you sure you don't want lawyer or something that's very, you know, rigid? Yeah, no, teaching See, teaching I would have it. never guessed rigid as one of the qualities, like, thinking of you. No. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like, well, well, we'll get there to the whole yeah. um, nature part and how I think nature flows and you flow with it. But we'll, yeah. we'll get yeah. there. Um, well, I think you wear a face in your family that you don't necessarily wear in the rest of your life. Agreed. So, yeah, as much as I've tried to break out of that, it's I'm still family dynamics. Still like six, yeah, mm-hmm. with my mm-hmm. my family. But so after you went to grad school and then you were teaching, what grade were you teaching? Preschool. Uh, so yeah, so I went to, um, grad school and was in a collaborative program, which meant that you taught in the morning and then you took your classes at night and in the summer. Okay. So in a year, I think it was in a year and like a semester I had my master's. So I taught uh, third grade and first grade in the okay. collaborative. Yeah. So you're okay. a half a year with one grade and then they switched you to another grade. And how did you land here in... Central Jersey. <laughs> so that would be my husband. Okay. Yep. So um, being, you know, a Philly, Philly girl slash Florida, um, New Jersey was like, no, you know, you, you just don't do Jersey. <laughs> so now you're a Jersey girl. Oh, you no. Face yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's nothing better to be. It's hard uh, to get the folks out of Jersey. 
I mean, it's true. We, we often did, yeah. go other places, but then land back here. I have to say, yeah, that is true. We we did a stint in upstate New York for three years, and now we're back. Where in upstate New York? Uh, Ithaca area. Oh, that's cold. Yeah. Yeah. We loved it, but when our second child came home, uh, adopted from Ethiopia, she was a handful and a half. So both sets of our parents said, if you want help, mm-hmm. you got to move closer because the winters are too cold and it's too far. And so... Yeah. And by then you were you were teaching at that point when yeah. you moved there, okay. So yeah, yeah, you're still in the system. Then. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right, yeah. Once I started teaching, I really I didn't didn't uh, swerve to anything else. It was just. So was when did you decide to leave the system? So um, we moved from Ithaca to Woodstock uh, to be closer to family. So we didn't come all the way back to New Jersey, but we went across New York. And there were no jobs. That was, I think, when, like, the bottom fell out. Um, okay. You know, um, with stocks. I forget what year that 2008. was. 2008. 2008. Yes, that sounds about right. So you, it's you, your husband, and your two kids yes. in Woodstock thinking, yes, this is not going to work. Right. Yes. We uh, were there for three months, and then the writing was on the wall that we were going to have to foreclose. Mm-hmm. So... Brian tried to get a whole bunch of jobs, you know, little things here or there just wasn't enough. So then I start throwing resumes everywhere to every connection that I had over the years. And so they were like, sure, yeah, we'd love to have you back, but we don't have a spot right now. Hmm. So then I um, picked up a position at a charter school in Trenton. Okay. Which was a whole world away from anything I had taught. Um, So that was... That was pretty scary for me, um, honestly. So I was there from September to December and then parlayed that into something else. So then I got a job in um, Somerset County or Franklin Township, Somerset. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was that was better, you know. Um, Did you learn anything, though? Like, I'm, su- I'm sure that the... From the experience? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I think just feeling, you know, fear and vulnerable and, um, feeling like, I mean, a minority Yeah. and what that must feel like. Um, it, it was scary. I was threatened. Um, yeah. So it, um, I've never been so scared to be with a, a group of children. And this was middle school. Yeah. So sixth mm. and seventh grade. Um, yeah, it tells you yeah. what stories they're going through every day, right? To yes. Have that level of violence and. Yes. Absolutely. School. Absolutely. And trying to make connections and feeling like one day you've gotten through and made connections, but then if there's any sort of redirection the next day, it's you know, you're being cursed out and threatened and, um, they're, they're, you know, cause I was an outsider, I yeah, think to sure. the culture and feeling like I was trying to get in and trying to make connections, but then you kind of realize that, yeah, no, it wasn't happening. There's, a, there's other levels of connections that they yeah. have that, yeah, exactly. you're never going to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a certain, I think, naivete on, on sure. my part, you know, and, um, yeah, so that was tough, but, um, 
but then went to Somerset and uh, met my future uh, school partner, so who I started the school with. Um, So I was in an office I shared with three other women. Um, So one was Lauren, who, you know, I ended up starting the school with, and then another woman, Monica. And um, so they had been there for a couple of years. Uh, Monica had just gotten her tenure. Lauren was up for tenure the next year and tried to get... So at this point, when I was working in Trenton, my family was still in Woodstock. So I was... Yeah. Oh. So I was going up there every... To make it a little easier. Every weekend to see them. And the kids were, you know, babies. How Um, old were the kids? I think Oliver was three and a half, which would put Harper at two And Brian was with them. Yes. Yeah. So he was stay-at-home dad, just trying to figure out what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And living for the weekends when I would come home. So then when I got the job at Somerset, then we were all back together. You threw yourself into all these things, right? The lead toddler teacher, the charter school, the jumping in in January to this role where there were all these veterans doing the same yeah. job. Wait a minute, like, starting a family. Yeah. 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 In the middle Bes- of it. And besides, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. it's pretty badass. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, right. So Brian then got a job in Princeton. Terrible commute. Yes. Horrible commute. So anyway, go to Somerset, meet Lauren, meet Monica. And we start saying, I think it was then the next school year, mm-hmm. um, start saying, you know, this, well, I think I was saying as like the ringleader, this really isn't working for me. Um, I had always been super progressive, you know, had principals who always just supported that. And, you know, I was kind of like the teacher, you just like in September, you give her her manuals, right? And you give her the key to her classroom. And you just know that by June, those kids will be where they need to be. Don't ask any questions. Mm. It, you know, she just knows what to do. She'll get them there. But administration had changed and public schooling had changed so much in the time that I had been in upstate New York to then coming back. And I had administration in that position that did not understand (laughs) me or my vibe or what I was trying to do that, you know, asking questions was was not, I wasn't trying to be aggressive or be a rabble rouser. It was just trying to find my place in this new system, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So by the, you know, the next year I was like, this really isn't working for me. What do you guys think about starting school? (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of like just a fun thing that we did you know, I think it was like every Tuesday we went to Monica's house and we had a glass of wine and we talked about how, what would we do? Yeah. What would we do if we started a school? So it was just kind of like a girlfriend's night. And Monica had two little kids at that point, um, had just been tenured. Lauren, you know, was single. Um, and so then over those wine nights, it kind of came to fruition. Like, we might really be able to do this. Mm. Yeah, there's a there's a thing about um, we talk about power, right? And sometimes for a lot of the people that we talk to, power is um, difficult to grasp because mm-hmm. they don't want to feel or say that they were powerful. But there is this beauty of you know a collective yeah. power where the three of you are making each other 
more powerful and empowering each other to achieve your dreams. And so, yes, yes like Tuesday night, wine. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. make it happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I don't think, I don't know that, you know, the path that I was on would be so aligned if I didn't have those two women, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, to bounce ideas off sure. of and, and totally to kind of, you know, boost each other up. We could do this. Yes. Um, so then, uh, Monica was married with two young kids. Her husband said, absolutely not. You are not going in on Monica's this. Monica's out. Somebody yeah. suck her power out of her. <laughs> Bye, Monica. Monica's got tenure. She's got pension, health exactly. insurance, the whole, Absolutely. the whole kit and caboodle. Yep. Now has four children. So, yes, she was Good a choice busy, for her. busy mm-hmm. lady. Um, and uh, Lauren, at that point, was um, single. So she was like, okay. So, you know, I we kind of joke now. And, and Brian, my husband, had said, I trust you. I mean, we've just come off of like all of this <laughs> financial, you know, despair, but I trust you. Um, How important though. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, so Lauren and I kind of joke that it, it, you know, it must've been like a Jerry Maguire moment, you know, where Jerry's saying, you know, he's trying to, he's just been fired or mm-hmm. whatever. And he's trying to get everybody, you know, in and who's going to follow some me. Clients, who's going to follow <laughs> me. And then there's, you know, Renee Zellweger is like, I'm in, you know, so that was Lauren. Like she was up for tenure that year. She was like, okay, we'll do this. But then we had to be on the sly about it because she was doing her thing and she Mm. wanted to, she wanted to follow that through. She wanted to do the process. Sure. So, you know, she was um, getting calls from Department of Children and Families who are the licensing organization for child care centers. She had to take them in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry so, for the echo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Somebody flashed. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So um so that's kind of how it came to be, you know, and I think it was right up until the day that we decided to open. It was going to be our opening day of school, the like the day before we still didn't have the license in our hand. Oh, oh my wow. Goodness. So she's like, you know, what do we need to do? What do I need to show? (laughs) What do I need to show, you know, to get this thing? So we were able to open. um, You opened here in central New Jersey. Yes. Where was the first painted over? Was it it in Pennington? In Pennington. Mm -hmm. Yep. In the Straubie Center. Oh. And um, yeah. And so we just kind of fell into it. Like a lot of, you know, my, like, I'll say that I feel like we were pretty lucky. Mm hmm. Um, my dad will say you were, you know, you just kind of aligned yourself or worked your way to that spot. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily luck. Maybe it's, you know, reading the signs and and knowing how to be there. Mm. But, um, I will say like from my, um, energetic work Mm -hmm. experience, I would say that when you are aligned and you're with, you know, following your purpose, things happen and flow Mm -hmm. easier, right? So you Mm -hmm. were with the flow. Yeah. Things were flowing your way. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. Because mm-hmm. um, when we needed to find a school space to license, because we knew we didn't want to just do an in-home thing. So if you're unlicensed in New Jersey, you may only have up to five children. Okay. So we knew we wanted a school. We were both teachers. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, we both had master's degrees. Yeah. So we wanted to start a school. Yeah. You don't want five kids. Right. Yeah. And I mean... I had a family that was counting on me to make this work. And obviously she's a young woman who's making her own way and, you know, needing to, to have it work. Yeah. And if you dream, Um, dream big. 
Sure. Right? Worst yeah. case scenario, you go back to five kids, but yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> shoot for right. more. Or back to back to the Someone system. else's. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, so then we found a space right when we, right at the time that we were looking for one and it had already been a childcare center. So we just needed to pull out the carpet and rework a sink here or there and paint the walls and we were ready to go. Um, so yeah, we opened with six kids and it was total one room schoolhouse. We had three rooms in the space that we had rented so it was like, all right, we're going to do lunch over here and we're going to do yoga in this room and we're going to have our classroom over here just so we could touch all the spaces <laughs> sure. you know, and feel like we're making use yeah. of all of uh-huh. this space. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then just inviting grew. more things to come in, right? Because yeah. if you don't use a the space, then right. like, there's, yeah. Exactly. How do you get more things happening? But yeah. I will say this, our kids went um, to Painted Oak. I want to say Painted Oak was early. So if you started, what year did you say you started? 2012 was our, 12. September was our first. And opening. our kids were in it mm-hmm. in 2015 or 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like two or three years. And by the time mm-hmm. we got there, you had moved to a way bigger place. And that was yes. fast. That happened fast. Yes. Yes. Um, right. So we were three years in the first location and then we outgrew it. In so, three years. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the approach and was that the approach from the beginning for uh, Painted Oak? Yeah, it, it was. Um, so, I mean, aside from my uh, toddler experience, <laughs> <laughs> which was a lot of trips to Becker's, you know, to like get the stuff for the bulletin boards and to teach the colors and to teach the this. And um, so, you know, apart from that, Lauren, nor, you know, Lauren, uh, neither Lauren or I had um, taught preschool really before. So we weren't really sure. So we started, you know, kind of looking around at different, you know, philosophies Mm -hmm. and, and even just in talking about how we wanted the day to flow and how we wanted to be. Question before, um, sorry, did you start with preschool because it was easier to start a school from preschool or why didn't you go for first grade and, you know, beyond? Yes. It's different licensing, right? mm -hmm. Well, we figured we needed to start with the littles, okay. and then it was always kind of in the back of our minds. Well, we'll just add a you know add a grade or add add kids every year, um, because she um, when we met she was teaching third grade support uh, second and third, and I had taught pretty much everything except second grade and eighth grade from preschool to eighth. Um, so yeah, so we figured we'll just add on. So we liked a little bit of the Waldorf approach. We liked a little bit of the Montessori approach. We really liked Reggio, Amelia. Um, And then somebody had mentioned it to me. I didn't even know that it existed. Um, I think it was a library meeting preschool in Woodstock where um, a mom had mentioned this Reggio Amelia approach. I was like, huh, what is that? I've never heard of it. So then I went down the rabbit hole and I was like, this is amazing and feeling like this really resonates with how I'd always taught or set up was classrooms. Lauren on board as well? Yes, totally. So we, we pulled from a bunch of different things, mm-hmm. but then we really liked that. So we, we knew we wanted some outdoor time. We knew we wanted art as being another big part of it and not just kind of, you know, crafty art, but like really teaching young children how to express themselves with all these different mediums and tools. So it just blended, you know, perfectly because that's a lot of what Reggio, the Reggio approach is, is 
um, how children express what they know through their learning and through art and through play and through projects. Um, so it just, yeah, it blended perfectly. Yeah, so we drop, I mean, now I drop off my youngest, and he's wearing full-on gear. <laughs> they have their classroom outside in the woods, which is fantastic. And they're outside most of, I mean, mine stays longer and he naps in the afternoon, so they go inside mm-hmm. for that. But if it's not in the single digits, they're out. Mm-hmm. I mean, an, or yeah. thunderstorming. But yeah. yeah, they're outside, which is yeah. awesome. Absolutely. And yeah. in summer, they go to the creek and they get in the water. It's just the best. <laughs> I want to go to forest school. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were talking about this, um, and a lot of the approach that you have at Painted Oak seems to have um, m- mindfulness and mm-hmm. a sort of intentionality mm-hmm. built in in your approach with the children. Um is this something that's a part of your personal life also? Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about maybe how you relate to a higher power or the world outside sure. yourself? Yeah. Um, well, I was raised Episcopalian. Okay. Then went to college, took a philosophy of religion class. <laughs> and that was kind of the end of any sort of structured religion or you know place to go mm-hmm. um college religion classes do that every yeah. time <laughs> it made me question a lot of things sure um and so you know i went down the path of oh well what's kabbalah and let's look at that and then it's what if i became a buddhist what does that mean um but then you know it didn't really feel authentic for me and just the way i had been raised and you know i liked all the readings and and kind of things that that both of those teach, but then, you know, wasn't really sure. How to apply it. Uh, right, mm-hmm. yes. And then I got into yoga, love, total love, and that really resonated. And so then that became a time that if ever I, it was more than just exercise. It was sure. like if I was stressed or if I needed to make a big decision, if I wasn't sure about something, You know, I would just roll out my mat, put on some quiet music, some incense, and just stretch it out. Um, I felt like at the end of the session, I, like, knew what I needed to do, or I'd have some big awakening, you know, like, oh, I I should try this, or I should do that, or I meant to do X, Y, Z. So initially, it was, I'm going to open up a a yoga studio for young children, Mm. because feeling that... Um, and this was when I was in grad school, I had, you know, that awakening moment. Um, but that it had, it was such a, such a safe experience for me, you know, and, uh, just that moment of calm and, you know, like just letting your mind be in one place for that period of time and the breath and, you know, all of it, I just thought Mm -hmm. young children should be exposed to this. Yes. Um, so I went down that path for a a little while. I didn't get certified in anything, but I took some classes, um, and workshops. Um, do you still do that? Do you still bring out as much as I used to, or as I wish, Mm. um, so busy now, which my husband's Mm. always, you need to make time. You need to make time. (laughs) Well, we all Um, forget in 21st century America that yoga is actually a spiritual practice, right? It's mm -hmm. 
um, well, it's been commodified in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just yeah. think it's a That's good true. reminder. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it sounds like you were using it for big decisions. Mm-hmm. And um, and it sounds like maybe now you need it for yes. de-stressing. Right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Uh, just right, because... Recentering. Just, yeah. yeah. Going back to huge. Painted yeah. Oak, yeah. it went from preschool. Now you have it all the way to eighth grade? Yes, so in, in 11 years, yeah, yeah, no wonder you have no time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. Yes. But so, sorry, back to yeah. uh, yoga. That's what you did yeah. then. And yeah. um, I know because I see every Friday when you have the the families come in yes. for the, the, how do you call it? The, the gathering. Gathering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have a bowl and mm-hmm. you do some sound. So that's also very yeah. uh, mindful Yes. Well, and I think, you know, over the years we've added that. So every class has a singing bowl. Every class does the mindful moment. It used to just be a forest school thing. You know, when that was my key responsibility was teaching forest school. Um, Once we had teachers who were in the classroom, then the forest was my classroom. So I brought that in. And I think everyone just saw that in that moment, the children were silent and to get you know (laughs) three-year-olds silent Mm. um either around a log circle or spread out you know throughout the forest was just magic um and explaining to them the children the why do we do this um you know because children are meant to be noisy and you know curious and moving and all these things. So why are we putting such emphasis on this one or two minutes of silence, not quiet, silence? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the, the reason that we give them is in that silence is your brain's making more brain. You know, you're able to, you know, kind of process all of what's happened over the night and in the morning and, um, and to just be still and to learn how to quiet your body and you don't always have to be moving yes it's natural to move but you don't always have to be doing that and to just give them the tools that you know when they're upset or angry or revving too fast you can always come back to that um so yeah I think that's a really powerful thing yeah and I think it carries on because I mean Florence and Roxy had it and I see it now at Indy I have bowls at home and he's completely drawn to them and oh, he like yeah. loves to bang in them and sit there and wait until it quiets down. Yes. It's, yeah, it's wonderful. And yeah. also I think watching nature does that as well. Just brings mm. mindful, like, you know, I know that they do the whole, every season has a different thing, right? Mm-hmm. From the seed that they put in spring to watch it, you know, sprout to become yeah. something. And, and then you see the leaves fall and then you, and there's, always a hey let's stop and look at what's happening yes yeah. it's a totally different kind of rhythm yeah. right yeah especially here in, in jersey mm-hmm. right where everything moves very fast mm-hmm. and it's crowded yeah. all the time yeah even on our little corner of <laughs> yeah. yeah our little idyllic corner here um it's just a different pace and nature has a totally different rhythm to that and yeah, yeah. um i think it's it's important to for them for all of us, but mm-hmm. for the little ones to be able to slow down and go at that pace. Yeah. Well, and to feel that, you know, if they see a worm, that they're they're acknowledged and given time to stop and really look at it. Yeah. 
you know, nothing that we're doing is so important that we can't stop for a minute and talk about it. Whether that's somebody's falling out, having a hard day, yeah. you know, we're going to, we're going to linger in that moment and, and let you have your feelings and then we'll move on, you know, or if there's a special rock that you've found, well, tell me about it. What's so special about it? You know, we can take the time to really acknowledge all of these things that are part of childhood. How does that translate for like the older kids? Because I mean, we know because of our younger kids, mm. but what about the, the, you know, one first grade might still be into yeah, it, but like yeah. the seventh, five, six, seven grade. Yeah, right? yeah. So they're given a lot of choice to their day. Okay. Um, so again, it's kind of like the, I mean, thing, you know, academics are for sure important. Yeah at the middle school level and, you know, really when you're first and up, you know, mm -hmm. all of those foundational skills. Um, but nothing is so important that we have to do it today yeah. or right now. Yeah. So I'm not pushing my agenda on them. I have the plan always and sh it's shared with them openly. If they're not feeling it right now, okay, you know, When do you think you might? Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe it's in 10 minutes after I have a, you know, a minute to shoot some basketballs and I'm ready to come back. Or maybe it'll be tomorrow because my partner is out today. Um, you know, it's very, it's very open. Um, yeah. Talk about the flow, right? Like um, yes. the flow, the flexibility, because you were yeah. talking about how rigid you were at the beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah. According to like the dynamic. And now it's like, right. Let's just flow with it. Yeah. Um, but you achieve the goal anyway. It's not that you get exactly. to the end of the year and they don't achieve it. No, exactly. Yeah. Well, there's a plan, but then there's flow within the plan. Yes. I think if there was no plan, that would make you a lot more nervous. Yes. No. <laughs> Any I'm, of us. Yeah. I'm not that free. Right. Right. <laughs> With the littles, you can be, I think. But even sure. still, you know, I I feel because there are some nature school compadres who feel that there should be no agenda and that's, that's their philosophy and that's their, you know, method of how they do things, but that you just take it as it comes for me. Yes. A little bit of that rigid lawyer, um, that never happened, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, feeling like even just taking out a magnifying glass so that, well, it just rained last night. So we're probably going to see some mushrooms, maybe some mini beasts, you know, if we start turning mm -hmm. over logs that are wet. So I want to at least have something in my back pocket that I can lead them into if they, you know, need, need that. Yeah. Thank you for um, that. Indy loves to bring me bugs. <laughs> I'm not a bug person. <laughs> All life is good, Olivia. All life is good. <laughs> Away from me. Yes. yes. So, um, so my daughter is nine now. She spent three years at Painted Oak for preschool and loved it. But she still uses the same backpack that she had. <laughs> and she's a little upset because when she goes to middle school, all her stuff is not going to fit in there. Um, but in that backpack, she still has rocks and pine cones mm -hmm. that came to from painted oak to this day. And I keep trying to clean them, oh, clear them goodness. out. And she says, no, mama. The, that's my stuff from Painted Oak. And, you know, four years later, oh, she still has it in her backpack. I love that. No. Yeah, oh, yeah I find so Roxy in this bed. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's 
very touching. That's yeah. But it's a beautiful that's what makes thing that you so that you chose this um, method or approach because yeah. it allows for a different. You don't want to be in the system, right. or the system doesn't work for you, or you yeah. know. In my case, when Florence was young, because like, Indy needs it and he enjoys it, Florence hated it. But yeah. it's different. She yeah. was going through arthritis. It was like yeah. a different situation, but. Um, and she enjoyed it. She just enjoyed it more when she was inside yeah. than when she was outside. Understandable. <laughs> yeah, she had other stuff. Uh, but you guys were, were really amazing because you accommodated her, right? Like mm-hmm. she we, she was just diagnosed with arthritis and started a month later, I think, at Painted Oak. And Miss Patricia, who is is not 20. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how nope. old she, nope. she is, but yeah. she's not 20 or 30 or 40 and she would carry her in a backpack for miles mm-hmm. just so that she would be a part of it, which is amazing. I, I, like, yes. I don't see that accommodation within the system ever. Yeah. 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 That was amazing. Yeah. It almost brought tears to my eyes when I looked out the window that day and saw saw. Yeah. Florence she was like, bring me back. a backpack. I'll carry yeah. her. I was like, I have a backpack. Thank you, Miss Patricia. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It made all the difference. Yeah. Between yeah. her being in forest school and she being in, like, in a basement yeah. in a church. Which yeah. there's nothing against it, but it's not what we right. want it. You right. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I mean, with our older kids, you know, they will say when they come to visit, bef- like before they decide to, you know, join us, we'll say, well, kids seem to actually like coming to school. Yes. It's like this, you know, unknown, who knew that it could be possible? Um, you know, yeah, but you have say, a band, right? Yeah. I've, seen, I've heard the band. They were amazing. Right? Yes. But, you know, they'll say that the kids are just nice here. There aren't any bullies here um, because they just, they, they're so tight. I think the community is so tight. And even when they're not together, um, you know, they're having sleepovers or they're on, I was just told today, well, Miss Nicole, you're not on the text thread, so you're not privy to, you know, the conversation, but they just talk <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah. Even mm-hmm. when they're not in school, you know, I think um, one of the teachers whose sons are, are there, son is there told me today that with the February break coming up, they're making plans. Are we going to go skiing? You know, so, so on, so on and so forth. And he said, what do you mean we don't have school? I'd much rather be at school than skiing. Yeah. That's high praise. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and he's a fifth grader. That's amazing. Well, because I think it comes down to that, right? Like I'm not going to put my agenda on you. We're going to yeah. work on this together. You're right. a part of the team. We're working. Yeah. We need to get to this goal. You and I, I yeah. need to teach yeah. you this. You mm. need to learn it. But we got to do it together. Yeah, One is absolutely. the ability to foster and um, implement like real, genuine connection yeah. between the kids themselves, right, in an environment where they feel safe connecting, yep. Yep. and then a different kind of connection between the teachers and the students, right? Because it has a mm-hmm. whole different. There's a whole different kind of hierarchical structure or mm-hmm. lack mm-hmm. thereof. Yeah. Not yep. that there isn't any kind of hierarchy, but yeah. it's clearly something that's very different than what you see in public schools. Yeah, and their opinion is asked for and sought after and taken, which I think, you know, of course, when you're in middle school, you just want to be heard mm-hmm. and feel like you have some power mm-hmm. in the equation. Agency. Mm-hmm. What makes you feel powerful? <laughs> Everybody hates this question. It's, it's a good question, though. It's a good question, and it's one that I somewhat anticipated, at least <laughs> around, based on the, the content. Um, 
how it makes me feel powerful. I mean, I think absolutely it's having my husband in, in you know, supporting everything, mm. having a partner mm-hmm. who, and isn't just a, a yes, yes man, you know, um, but, and we'll say, I think you need to think about this or, you know, we need to talk about that, but I would not be who I am and have grown this entity without him for Mm -hmm. sure, you know, helping with, because we've, we've raised now, you know, starting the school with a two and a three-year-old, they're now 14 and 16, um, yeah, yeah, you done needed it. to be a partner. Yeah. Like you needed right. to be a team. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And to have the the freedom to you know do the things and and to say I can't help with dinner because I need to do this. Um, and I think also, um, hmm. Well, I think that that allows you to tap into your potential, right? Because mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you're you're not using, yeah. um you know, a certain percentage of your energy into some chores or, you know, not that there's nothing wrong with staying at home and being a, you know, if that's what you love. But when you have all these other projects, you need the support if you're raising two kids. Yeah, you need to have a partner that's all in. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I don't know, maybe also kind of feeling like when I was growing up, um, I was in charge of a lot. Mm. You know, I mean, being the first of three and my brother's eight years younger. So he was very much a baby Mm -hmm. when, you know, my sister and I were off doing our thing. Um, So he was never really like an equal. It was always, oh, you know, there's Barrett. (laughs) Um, But yeah, feeling like I was kind of in charge of them. Um, And, you know, my mom was a stay at home mom. But she always seemed kind of like she didn't really have a place for us. <laughs> and I know she will say that she was raised pretty much alone. Yeah. You know, she had an older sister who was seven years older. Um, so she was her own playmate. Mm-hmm. So then it was kind of like, well. This is what I know. This is Exactly. Yeah. Um, it was like, here, there's two of you. Yeah. So you have, go Built for it. Playmate. You have playmate. Yeah. So, I mean, a little bit of that, I guess, and then just, like, life trauma, you know, things, and mm-hmm. and then, like, living on my own, and I don't know. I think it's, I guess I've, it's a hard question because I don't feel myself as powerful. And you built mm. this school from scratch. You have all these women and outland men that, like, are professors and teachers in your school, and they look at you for guidance, and you are probably a person of power for them, right? Like, they're following you. Yeah. Power in all the right ways. Yes. Right? Power Mm -hmm. in terms of creation. And inspiration. And inspiration and connection. And, Kathy, don't yell at me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, we are, right, we're we're programmed to think of power as destructive and oppressive and all that stuff. Right. Right, which is why we don't always feel powerful. Yeah, I think. Right. Well, um, and this is yes. probably why you created your own system because the system, yes, you know, had yeah. a, an approach that was very right. much patriarchal. Yes. Yeah, 
For sure. For sure. And yeah, I think, you know, and that situation, I mean, I had taught at that point for over a decade and then was, you know, getting these evaluations where it's like, no, fail, you know, in violation of this and not violation, but like, you know, you're going to be on an action plan and all these Mm. things like basically, you know, opening the door for me to be fired. And I'm thinking, what? Yeah. I have taught for so long, tenured in, you know, a couple different districts. Like, I don't need this. Did Lauren stay, leave? So we opened the school together. And then, so in the sweet moment that we opened the school, she was not with her college boyfriend. Then they got back together and then moved to the city. Mm. So she was like... It's too far. I can't anymore. And then they got married. And then they have kids. And now they live in Hopewell. So no way. Like, <laughs> For real? Yeah. yeah. I want to know what was it like to um, have painted oak during COVID and the mm. pandemic? Oof. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oof. Oof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so it was, um, it was actually good for us. We, before the pandemic, we're still uh, just kindergarten, uh, you know, up to kindergarten. And I think we had a student who, a couple kids that were first and then one child that was second grade. Um, but before the pandemic, the elementary school was not even, not even on the table. So when, um, so we closed, you know, everybody closed March 2020. And then as soon as we could reopen... In June, we did. We need to get these children out of their homes, out of these masks. Like, we just need to normalize this. So we did adhere to all of the things that we needed to. I had two teachers, Miss Patricia and Miss Kirsten, yes. who were like, we're with you, Nicole. You know, everybody else was a little bit leery for all all different reasons. And, sure. you know, those were valid and, and, and such. So they helped me reopen the school. And we had, you know, two separate pods. They only came two days, and then this group came two days. So I was try, you know, and I've always pushed the limits a little bit. If there, were, not to say I'm a rule breaker, because I'm rigid, right? So I, I do like knowing what I'm supposed to be doing. You see where you can push it, though. Yes, but you want right. to see if that boundary can move. Yes, exactly. So we, when we were outside. Only when we were really close to one another did we mask up. We were really transparent about how, you know, how we were going to run outside. So anyway, long story short, we go through, I think, two weeks maybe of this. Licensing doesn't come, and they they were very clear that we're going to be on anybody who reopens. You know, Um, so we're like, okay. So then the last day of the session or whatever... Here comes licensing. And it was always something, you know, and I think all, anyone who has a licensed program kind of jokes about, oh my gosh, here they come. So, you know, we need to tuck this and nip that and <laughs> all these things, you know. I'm out with the children in the forest and I get over the walkie, uh, Miss Allison, who's director, and she was, you know, manning the office and the phones and all of this. She says, licensing is here. So I said, okay, I'll be right there. So she said, well, she's coming to you. 
outside. Everybody put on masks. Right. Well, they've <laughs> never, they've never have been to the forest at this point in our experience. It was always just the four walls and the backyard and in heels, right? So it's yeah. like, well, I'm not walking out there. I'll just trust that you're doing yeah. what, what you're doing. And, and we're not so worried about that. We're yeah. just worried about right here. So she comes out, meets me. I need to see the children. I need to see where the children are. This is this is the day we're going to be shut down, <laughs> you know. And this was just a couple years ago, so like yeah. we had we had been functioning all this time. So she comes out to Fallen Forest, and you know we have the potty tent set up, and we have our hand washing station set up, and she's asking me questions. You know, where do the children where do the children go to the bathroom? And so I just point. To the tarped potty and her jaw, you know, I don't think came, came back up and like <laughs> lips touched for at least two or three minutes. Where do they wash their hands? We go over to the gigantic like Gatorade, you know, football training cooler that was filled with water right here is where they wash. Nope, that, that was not going to work. Lo and behold, we're violated for a number of things. Mm-hmm. She says, I'm walking you out of the woods right now. This is it. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, pit oh. in your stomach. Oh, my gosh. So the children get picked up, well, you know, at their regular time. Um, and so then we get the, the forms of, you know, in violation of this and this and this and this. So then I fought it. So then um, a couple of the things got got wiped away, you know, and said, okay, we can work with that. We understand this and so on. But then a couple things weren't. And, and I forget what it was now, but it was something I was not willing to sacrifice about our program. So I got on the phone to her supervisor and explain our program. And we've been running, you know, without violation all these years, we've always been good to go. Um, and she said, well, yeah, you need to be unlicensed. You sound like a school, like an environmental school. You, you're not a licensed childcare. So I said, so let me get this straight. And it was a thought that I'd always held on to over the years. Yeah. You know, if you have a child in each grade, one through whatever, six, I think it was, um, can't, would we be then unlicensed? Would we be a you know private school? Yes, that's all you need. One child in first on up through sixth. I was like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> nice. Here we go. Here right? we go. Right. Right. Yeah. Once again. Like yeah. the universe is just telling you. Yes. It's time. Right. And so this woman was, was in our corner saying, mm-hmm. you know, if you can do it, absolutely. That's what you need to do. So reach out to anyone and everyone. Hey, 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 you know, thinking about this, would you come back? Well, if you lead the class, Miss Nicole, we'll come back. So we had our first, second, third fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, I go online, fill out like three check boxes, and, and you're a private school. school. We're a private school. Well done. So that was how the pandemic worked for us. That's fantastic. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah I think I congratulated you back at Painted Oak in person at the time, but yeah. it's... Uh, yeah. And it's how many a, students do you have now? 140. Wow. And it's... It's you. I mean, I know that you know you're not doing it alone and whatever, but you get the vision. You're a 
I'm going to do this. I'm going to yeah. go yeah. forward. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start a school. And then you did that. And then the pandemic came in the way. You're like, well, it's time to become a private school. We're not going to get a life. And you get mm-hmm. it done. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if that's power tapping yes, into it is. something. 100%. But yeah, I think it's, yeah, yeah, having like a goal and feeling that it's really important, you know, that this work for children is important. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And what do we need to do to make it happen? Yeah. Using your will to shape the world around you. Mm-hmm. That's that's magic. That's power. Well, and listening to it, right? Like you mm-hmm. feel something. There's something in your gut that is like, this is the way, and you're yeah. gonna follow it yeah. and follow through, which is also hard, right? Yes. You right. could have been like, yes. I, this is too much. I don't yeah. want to go through it, but you didn't. You did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what too much is, but we're not doing high school. Oh, that's what you say. <laughs> high now. school is too much. Yes. Yes. Not doing high school. Okay. Are you sure about that? Yes. <laughs> As of today, yes. Yes, we're talking three years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so if you got to talk to the little women, if you got to sit down mm-hmm. with Roxy and Florence and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kids their age, um, what would you tell them? What are your best... Female to female? Yeah, what are your best life lessons? Hmm. Well, I would say own your power, mm-hmm. even though, you know, I'm sitting here saying I don't feel powerful, <laughs> but like own your voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you are stronger than, you know, um, if you have a thought or an idea, go after it. Um, you know, don't, uh, don't not try things or don't be your own worst enemy. Mm. And, um, I think that's your yeah. power by the way. You know how you were like, it's hard for me to say that, but yeah. you've l- listened to your voice and you were your best self to yourself, like you your best partner, clearly. You tried it all. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 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 All right. Thanks for coming, Thank you, Nicole. Nicole. This was awesome. <laughs> this was amazing. Next Friday, we talk with Lorette Pruden. Her stories about growing up in Alabama during the civil rights movement and going to college during the women's rights movement are just some of the many things we discuss. You can also catch up with other of our stories anytime using your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for all of your support.